Andy McNabb is a highly decorated former SAS soldier turned novelist. His books have sold over 10 million copies. His story is like something from a comic book. He was abandoned as a baby on the steps of a London hospital in a hard shopping bag, of all things. He'd spent some time in a juvenile detention centre for petty crimes like burglary before he was enlisted in the Royal Green Jackets at the age of 16. He quickly rose through the ranks and joined the SAS. One of his missions there was destroying underground communications between Baghdad and Iraq. During one of these missions, him and his team were compromised as they attempted to escape to Syria. Three of the eight team were killed. McNabb and three others were captured and held for six weeks. And this was to form the basis of his book, Bravo 2-0, which was his big breakout hit and also a personal favourite of Alan Partridge's. He has a new film based on his book, Red Notice, which is showing now on Sky about a terrorist plot to blow up the Channel Tunnel. It has a cracking cast, including Sam Hain, Ruby Rose, Andy Serkis, Tom Wilkinson. I've been a big fan of this guy since I was a kid, and it's so weird talking to somebody who has killed people. And he's also a self-confessed psychopath, so the strange thing for me was how nice he was. He was just a, a, a normal bloke. This is a guy who's still wanted by terrorists, and you know, he, he gives speaking engagements. He can't show his face because you know he doesn't want people getting pictures of him, them getting out there. And I'm sure over the, the course of his life, there's many a people who sat down in a bar next to him and chatted to him and I had any idea who they were dealing with so I found that aspect of him absolutely fascinating so without any further ado here's Andy McNabb first off I just wanted to, to say I'm a huge fan um, my mother was dyslexic so one of my earliest memories is my granddad thrusting this giant copy of Bravo 2-0 into my hands to make sure that this didn't happen to me so yeah, while kids fantastic. were learning about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory I was learning about gunfights and teeth extraction so <laughs> thanks for that that's all right that's funny. Um, I'd read that you'd tested at Cambridge and they'd found that you know, this part of your brains that cover empathy and fear were underdeveloped. With that being obviously part of your makeup, do you find it difficult writing characters like Tom or Sophie who are quite empathetic? Uh, no, I, it's it's because it's just understanding that, that if you like, uh, they're real people. So they have real, uh, well, so it's certainly Sophie, they're real people. They have, they have, um, you know the, the 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 characteristics. You know the the fear, the empathy, the you know uncertainty, all those sort of things that that, that make up people. And it's it's just understanding the the if you like the the clinical makeup of my brain. There's something called the uh, uh, amygdala, which is a small little walnut thing uh, about the size of walnut in the brain, which then uh, well it simply doesn't work. Which is the you know the 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 fear, empathy, fight, flight, and that sort of stuff. So it's really sort of just stepping back and understanding. Uh, the 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 they're real people and how real people because of, you know I spend all day with them you know it's, so I understand how how they, they 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 sort of work so I don't find it too hard actually and obviously I'm I'm married to a real person as well so a lot of the di- dialogue with, that Tom you know the 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 hero his his girlfriend who's a doctor um, in in London um, says is is straight out of my wife's uh, mouth you know she's sort of like you know you know you're weird you are. Yeah, you know, those sort of things. Yeah, you know, I don't understand you. Those sort of things. So um, no, not at all, actually. And obviously, the older you get, the more experiencing you're getting with with real people. So it works out all right. I was going to ask on that how much of Tom is in you because that dead cat in the freezer story sounds way too specific to be just made up. Oh, it's true. Yeah, yeah. All that is absolutely true. It's um, uh, when we were once the actors were there, and once we've got sort of we're talking about. 
um, the characters, you know, because obviously all these, these, these actors are really at the top of the game. They want to know about the character, you know, where it's come from, why it, it is there and, you know, where, you know, again, what, what is their arc, where they're going to land up at, at the end of the film. So, um, and part of that was then uh, my wife getting involved um, uh, because uh, uh, Anna-Jane Kramer, who, who plays Sophie, who's Tom's girlfriend, who, who he's trying to get to Paris to, to, to propose to um, just you know, literally hundreds and hundreds of questions, and and also you know, sort of weird instances that that would give flavour to the, the the dialogue and and, and the character. So um, uh, yeah, there's loads of those weird stories, um, uh, and that was a real one. Yeah, well, because the cat was insured and was supposed to be going away, and I thought, <laughs> well, wait, <laughs> yeah, but when you think about it, it's all right. Yeah, put it in the freezer. We come back. And then we can find out what happened to the cat and maybe get the insurance money. But that didn't happen. I had to be buried before he went away. Yeah, I was watching that. My my girlfriend have a cat, and I was just thinking to myself, I don't think if I pitched this to her, that would go over well. No, 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 no. I don't think anyone's going to get it. No, no. You know, my wife certainly didn't. Anyway, it was a bad day. The the concept of Red Notice, um, an army of mercenaries, especially far fetched, is not really too far fetched now. Of um, mercenaries attacking the Channel Tunnel. Do you view the world through that prism? Are you looking at things like, okay, how would I attack this? How would I defend this? And is that how you, you get your concepts for your stories or is it no, a different totally. Yeah, no, 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 totally. I, it certainly, if you're looking at the, the, um, uh, the film, okay, it was, you know, predominantly based in the, the, the Channel Tunnel. Obviously, there's, it's been filmed in London, Paris, and an island in the Mediterranean, in Hungary, and where the tunnel was, was built. But it's looking for an environment that sets if you like the tone of, of the of the story as well and it was you're always looking at you want something different continuously you know so if you're looking at a, a location where if you like the bad guys are going to take over and you know sort of demands and you know uh where this film isn't it's all about revenge rather than demands but but you're always trying to look at somewhere different and the channel tunnel um uh, had never been sort of you know part of a, a of a story um in this context so um i thought why not you know and, and certainly commercially even you know um you know people have this you know here in europe the united states it's it's you know getting on the getting on the channel tunnel going to paris you know and having a night and coming back there's this romantic sort of connection to it and i thought well let's change that and uh, have people trying to blow it up <laughs> You were the, the technical weapons advisor on one of my favourite films of all time, Heat, and oh, De Niro yeah, and Val yeah. Kilmer rave about you, and Michael Mann credits you with you know, possibly the greatest shootout in cinema history. What was it like working with that team? Brilliant. Um, do you know, and again, because it was the first thing I've, I've ever done in, in, in film, and, and literally I sort of just got sort of plonked in to, uh, if you like, the, 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 the top end of everything, you know, Budget wasn't a problem. The actors were sort of so engrossed in the in the character, and you know, and you know, like director Michael Mann is is uh, uh, well, he is a genius, absolutely, and, and and a perfectionist. You know, they're down to detail. So all of a sudden, I got involved in this thing that I thought was going to be about two weeks, and it landed up about seven months. You know, and uh, you know, it landed up getting a house there because of what happened then after that, other jobs. Uh, 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 came up because of the success of the the film and and certainly Val Kilmer you know you mentioned him you because they they you know they want to be at the top of their game constantly by the end of it it was a competition standard 
shot on the pistol, you know, um, uh, you know, where you're, you know, within uh, close quarter battle senses, you know, where you're running around, taking on targets, moving, changing. Amazing, absolutely amazing, because of the, you know, just the, the pure concentration on wanting to be good on the day. And uh, well, it wasn't a day; it was about three weeks. That shootout took about <laughs> three weeks, but um, it was just, yeah, it's just an incredible experience. Um, and really trying to understand, which I didn't get beforehand, about actors and the way that actors work. So more, you know, we always hear the stories in the gossip magazines that they demand, you know, I don't know, you know, only orange M&Ms or whatever it may be. But actually, you know, actors at the top of the game, all it's about is the work and the character and, and, and the way they're going to portray it. And it's really intense. And you sort of, I, I get why actors at the top of the game are earning like tens of millions of, of, of dollars. I get it. I get it. I wish I was one. I can't act. <laughs> uh, just actually, finally, on that, you've had, obviously, you know, De Niro, Val Kilmer, you've Sam, Ruby Rose, and Sean Bean in, in Bravo 2-0. If you had to put together a three-man team from the actors you've worked with or, or trained, who would be on that team? Uh, easy. Right. Sam Ewan, Ruby Rose, and Tom Hopper. Not a problem. Who would be the leader? Uh, Sam. Samuel, not a problem. Now, it, it's the, um, the, the whole sort of, yeah, again, because of the build-up, because we've done so much, you know, practical work. Um, whilst we was in Hungary, you know, when the tunnel was being built, all that sort of stuff. But a lot of it in, uh, just outside of Leeds, where there's a close quarter battle um, uh, uh, set up. So, you know, the actors getting down there and just going through, not the stuff they're doing in the film, but just going through all different types of scenarios because you've got to get them looking as if they've been carrying weapons, you know, ever since they were teenagers sort of things. Um, and, you know, about the intent. Because all they are, if you've got a weapon in your hand, all you are is a platform for the weapon because the weapon's the most important thing. And trying to change that, you know, a mindset rather than, you know, you're on a film, which they got. And then letting them sort of do their own thing as they're going through this, this close quarter battle setup. And, uh, yeah, it was great. There was some other stuff that Ruby was doing in the United States. And she said, do you know what? I'm going to do it live. So she was doing it live with an AK-47 in a close quarter battle thing, which could take things. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Unfortunately, time's up again. So I could talk to you all day. Andy McNabb, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate that. Have a good day, man. Cheers, Andy. Bye.